Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. Hey everybody, welcome back to Green Milk and Lane's newest Patreon episode. I am, I've been looking forward to this particular episode for months, not only because <laughs> the character is nonsense, but I get to hang out with one of my favorite writers and favorite people, uh, Mr. Oliveira. How are you? Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for bringing, teaching the children about this extremely important character. <laughs> I, even before we begin, I, I, I've been alarmed as I've told people we're doing Boba almost universally everyone's response is like oh i love bova like there's such a weird warm place in people's hearts for her and why <laughs> why she's just a sweet cow lady she's <laughs> she's gonna make you some milk soup and tell you your origins every time they get retconned yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i don't know so uh anthony you are of course well known to uh many queer readers and many queer listeners you have written so many wonderful things uh uh including some iconic marvel stories tell people a little bit where where they might know you from uh oh gosh most of uh, us, i think we'll know you from my show if nothing else <laughs> right yeah that's mostly this uh this is my main interest. The rest are side gigs. Um, <laughs> I am a writer. I introduce myself usually as PhD writer and uh, culture critic and dumpster raccoon. So um, I uh, am sort of a refugee from academia who started writing fiction five years ago now. Oh, God, the pandemic has really changed the <laughs> kaleidoscope of history. Um but I do, I just finished a novel, which will come out next year, but I also do a lot of comic book stuff. Um, for Marvel, uh, I hang out in the X-Men and Young Avengers corners these days. So X-Men fans might have read uh, my story, Early Thaw, about Iceman in the Marvel's Pride story, which was about... Uh, poor Bobby Drake coming out to Magneto. And uh, I've written a bunch of Young Avengers, Young Avengers adjacent stories. So Bova is never far from my reading list, it seems. <laughs> it's funny, I was reading these. I, I really, I actually looked at all her appearances for this episode and I've read all of them already in researching other comics. So it's like, yeah, it was a lot done, of retreading ground. You've done Hulkling and Wiccan, which then delves into a lot of other stuff, obviously. Yeah, and if you're going to be dealing with that family tree, you're going to come across Bova a few times. <laughs> Every time. I recently did a Patreon episode with uh, Noelle Reed. You know Noelle from uh -huh. my show. And we delved deep into Magda. And Magda was a good place to begin before doing Bova. Because they're, uh, they're both insane. And I'm going to toss this out right at the beginning. At the end of the Magda episode, I propose maybe Magda has been Bova all along. Maybe the revolutionary oh. got her and she's <laughs> He put the head the cow head on the lady and the what's the line from Prince of Egypt? I'm trying to remember. Oh, I uh, don't know. <laughs> yeah, I she has like a permanent motherly energy, right? She's like cow mom. Um and I mean, not to get too in the weeds, but like I I I am interested in exactly that kind of strange uh sympathy and like 
um, softness she seems to engender in readers. It's there from her earliest appearance. She's really cute in that first appearance where she comes out of the, sh the shadows and he's like, is my baby normal? And she's like, I'm not really one to judge. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I've been thinking a lot while I'm reading this. Like, why is it that like so many myths have this kind of cow who's present at these nativity scenes, right? Like Christianity, the earliest depictions of Jesus's nativity don't even have Mary and Joseph in them. They have the cow and the donkey. And you got like Isis with her cow head. So I don't know. I don't know what's up with this, but I'm fascinated by it. Marvel has a shocking number of cow-headed characters. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> but most of them are supervillains. <laughs> yeah, and she's just a nice, nice old lady who just wants to make you milk soup and date other older gentlemen who turn out to be Exodus pawns and stuff. We don't have to talk about that story. <laughs> there, there's a lot of bizarre. So the, the first thing I wanted to start with is just the surprising amount of affection for this character. People think of Bova like they think of like Lockjaw. There's like, you hear the name and you're like, oh, I love that character, even though it's never the star of any, I mean, Lockjaw's had a few features, but I, I, I don't quite understand the fondness, except that people remember her in association with the nativity of Wanda and Pietro. I think that's kind of just what it comes down yeah. to. Yeah, she's it's like a nice raised lady. a surprising number of superheroes. Like she's constantly raising kids. Like it's not actually clear depending on which version of the retcon, like, how involved in Wanda and Pietro's early days she is. Like sometimes she's just like the midwife and sometimes it seems like they lived with her for up to a few years. <laughs> like it's not really clear, but she raises like Modred when his brain gets turned into porridge. Uh, she seems to have raised Jessica Drew for some amount of her life, right? Like that's a, nope. Nope. Jessica has memories of her, but she doesn't always remember her as being a cow lady. <laughs> she's sometimes involved in Luna's life. Luna, uh, yeah. Um, Nuclo, right? Oh, yeah. Nuclo. <laughs> Baby Magneto. I probably throw him somewhere in there. I don't know. Yeah, he's been a kid <laughs> a few times. Maybe she and Moira shared babysitting duties. <laughs> She's dealt with that, that temperamental <laughs> House of M so, <laughs> situation. Bova, which is, of course, a playoff of the word bovine, which is a very sure. thing. Her last name is Ayrshire which is a county in Scotland, but I think also a breed of cow. Yes, yeah, yeah. She, which I don't think is the breed of cow she is. I, but, uh, I don't know how she got a, a surname either. Uh, yeah, she is an uplifted cow, sometimes the first of the High Evolutionary's experiments in some versions, specifically the 12th version, like... Uh -huh weird i mean retcons abound when you're dealing with anything that happens on mount wondagore but um yeah her her maker slash god is herbert windham aka the high evolutionary uh weird gay scientist who lives on a mountain <laughs> or or sometimes on another planet and makes these people who are also animals and that's like his hobby i guess <laughs> i vow to do the high evolutionary trial on my show one day a few years in the future uh, i mean because he is an x-men villain sometimes this yeah guy wears, this guy wears pink and silver and is obsessed with creating animal men uh, which mm -hmm. I love. As a kid, this character is fun. Like, it's the whole Ninja Turtles concept. They touch mm -hmm. the ledge and suddenly they're like humanoid turtle creatures, or, you know, fighting whatever else touched the ooze or whatever that was called. 
the high evolutionary has these like machines and he's he's obsessed with like godlike power he has created planets he has ascended mm-hmm. to godhood but mostly he just likes to create animal people and bova is his most beloved with the exception perhaps more obscure but the white tiger character not uh from the ayala family but the actual white tiger on the heroes for hire that was an actual white tiger evolved into tiger or like human form right yeah he's got luminous which is his weird like merge of wanda and quicksilver um he sometimes lives on Mount Wondagore and he sometimes lives on Counter Earth, which is mm-hmm. the Earth that is at, <laughs> I don't know physics, but it's like wherever Earth is in its orbit around the sun, Counter Earth is at the exact opposite point at all times. He's the bad guy in the Spider-Man Unlimited cartoon, weirdly yes. enough. So yeah. strange, an odd pull. Um, and he's kind of, he kind of works like Mr. Sinister in that he is just sort of like this fruity bad guy who like cackles and makes monsters. But also, like you said, like Sinister is more about body horror to me, whereas there does tend to be a bit more of a like kooky, like it's a dude, but he's, he's an alligator. (laughs) There's a lot more of that. He's he's a Batman villain. And then in that he has one singular obsession, you know, Catwoman robs the museum from all the cat stuff. Right. Uh, this guy is obsessed with evolution. and Oh, come to think of it, he's Dr. Moreau. Like, that's sure, actually yeah, yeah. the reference. Sinister, right? Sinister is, like, very showman where, like, high evolutionary is, like, creepy man on the hill with, like, a robot mask on, kind of. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And sometimes he's, like, a monkey under the mask, but sometimes he's, like, a being <laughs> of pure light. And sometimes he's just, like, a gay dude from, like, 19-whatever. <laughs> or something. Uh, okay, we need to introduce some key players before we even get to Boba. High evolutionary is one... Another uh, one is uh, Mount Wondergore itself, which is sure. a mountain. How deep do you want to go on this? <laughs> well, we'll keep it relatively simple. It's a mountain in Transia in Europe that has been imbued with the energy of the god Chiton. Do you say Chiton? It's, I'm pretty sure it's Cathon because he's Cathonic, right? Cathon oh, is sure. like an actual Greek concept. It's weird that he's a chaos god because Cathon is like the idea of deathliness, right? Yeah, like, yeah. chthonic soil is soil that won't grow anything. Fascinating. Sorry. I, I just want to sing. <laughs> no, 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 please share all of your knowledge. I think you're, I think you're incredible. I love your big brain. Uh, uh, the, uh, I just want to sing, uh, like, Cthon, thong, thong, thong. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. But I, but yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so Marvel has a series of elder gods that like imbued Earth with all this power, and then blah blah blah. And now Cthon has been trapped in Mount Wondagore, and that's where the High Evolutionary has built his base, and he keeps creating the new men, which are the evolved animals, and he lives on this mountain, and it's the scene of most of our continuity involving Bova. So Chaos God in the mountain trying to influence events and free himself. And Bova is the evolved cow woman living in a cottage <laughs> on the mountainside where all of the crazy shit happens with the high evolutionary up the hill. That, right. That's kind of a quick setup. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's about right. Yeah, like he, Cathon is sometimes, it. I mean, writers are very inconsistent. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> are very inconsistent about this. Sometimes he's trapped by the mountain, like Morgan Le Fay, tried to summon him. I guess the other major prop when talking about uh, Mount Wondagore is the Darkhold, right? Um, because that's always in stories in Mount, about Mount Wondagore. Like, 
Cathan is an elder. It's a very Lovecraft thing. The gods lost their purchase on this reality. And on the way out the door, Cathan encoded his evil in the dark hold, right? Um, which is a spell book that's pages always cause trouble in the Marvel universe. But when assembled, it can be used to bring Cathan back, uh, sometimes using uh, Wanda or Pietro as like a vessel, right? Um, yeah, but sometimes he's trapped under the mountain by Morgan Le Fay. And sometimes the mountain is like his source of power. It's like this weird thing. But uh, yeah, I think that's all the pieces, right? Yeah, the, I mean, there's others that are going to come into it, but those are the important ones until we get into the family tree stuff. All right, I'm going to mm -hmm. do this all in one paragraph because otherwise we're going to spin around this for hours. <laughs> but we can break these apart. I had to do this for the Magda episode. I also recently reviewed this when uh, Steve Orlando and Russell Dowderman came on the show to do the Scarlet Witch origin story. So mm. Magneto's in World War II. His girlfriend is Magda. They escape the concentration camps. Their baby Anya dies. Magneto goes crazy and kills the villagers. And Magda runs away, only later to learn that she is pregnant. We'll review the variable origin stories today in <laughs> some detail. But basically, the story is for decades that she shows up on the mountain. Bova helps her deliver the twins. Whether it was the same night or weeks later, there's variable accounts. And this is uh -huh. where Wanda and Pietro were born. In some accounts, the high evolutionary then puts them into stasis so that they can stay babies for decades because of the sliding time scale. Right, yeah, yeah, but yeah. the same night that Magda gives birth and then runs away because she doesn't want Magneto to find her children, uh, the, <laughs> the wizard and Miss America show up and they are World War II heroes who are now married. They have previously had a child named Nuclo who is basically radioactive. And now they're having a baby, but Miss, Ma Miss America dies in childbirth. Bova tries to convince the wizard that Wanda and Pietro are his. He flees, believing the children are his. Well, he whizzes away. Right. He, he's dressed Great name. He likes Excellent. Good PR work on that <laughs> he, one. He runs away, <laughs> and then they end up giving the twins to Django and Maria Maximoff, who are uh, a couple of local Romani uh, kind of puppeteers and I, I don't know right he has like magic here. powers because of the wood of Wondagore uh, this doesn't matter <laughs> which is also where the puppet master gets his clay that's why it's right magic. uh so they raise the kids as theirs but Magneto later saves them and then recruits them to the brotherhood and then years later they believe Wanda and Pietro believe Wizard is their dad but then they find right. Magneto is their dad and then the whole fucking thing gets retconned and right. they're no longer mutants. Magneto is no longer their father. It turns out the High Evolutionary experimented on the babies, and their actual mother was a previous incarnation of the Scarlet Witch named Natalia Maximoff. Right. And but... Django is her brother. So they were <laughs> raised by their uncle. Yeah. Yes. Right. But the other key piece is Wanda married the Vision, who has the brain engrams of Wonder Man, who's the brother of the Grim Reaper. <laughs> they have they have little babies that, right. that use part of the devil, and then they get sucked away. But now they're back as Hulkling and Wiccan. <laughs> uh, uh, Wiccan and Speed. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes, that's what I meant. Right. Wiccan and, Speed. and Wiccan is married to Hulkling. Luckily, uh, nothing is confusing about any of that. <laughs> well, and we didn't even talk about like the the wasp and hank pym and ultron and the like sure. secret scroll hank pym love baby through tigra like there's there's a whole bunch of crazy family tree shit. right viv and vin vision like, what's it, nuclo uh, up to these days <laughs> i think nuclo was last on the v battalion 
uh, by Fabian Nicieza. That's my. Oh last wow! Episode. So he's had some time since Roy he's... Thomas gave us Nuclo. Good for yeah. him. Yeah, it's had a. He hasn't shown up much. We'll do a Nuclo episode another day. Um, <laughs> so that that alone, just covering all of that in one paragraph, is assuming that our listeners know what the fuck we're talking about. But what thoughts do you have on this insane family tree that is kind of summers and gray like? <laughs> yeah, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with it. Like I know as a writer, it's true story death to bring any of this up because like the audience's eyes just gloss but i'm obsessed with the court of, sort of palimpsest of it the way that this history is constantly being rewritten every time i do an interview about young avengers someone is like are wiccan and speed mutants and like that's a legal question that's not a writer question like <laughs> um but i'm interested in I mean, I grew up in the X-Men. I come to this family through their X-Men connection. I started picking up Young Avengers because I was like, holy shit, Magneto's gay grandson? Yes, I'm there, you know? like, um, <laughs> So, like, I'm so invested in the tangle of it and sorting the tangle of it. I would love the runway to really do a story about it. And what's fascinating to me is the way Bova, who, as you've said, always engenders this, like, weird sense of warmth i remember the first time i saw bova was in x-men unlimited number two when magneto goes to wondagore to mourn magda and he's like actually he's about to be assassinated in front of her grave um and it's just like smash cuts to this cow lady and does not explain who this cow lady is and it's just like that extra bit of weirdness and she's always a, a like an engine for delivering this retcon right like she's somehow both the witness to these key events and yet has turned out to be the single most unreliable narrator about them, right? It's so strange. Bova is either the matronly figure who needs to be taken care of. She's kind of she's kind of Jarvis-like in that way. Like yeah. she gets to kind of hang out in a support role in the back or she's the character to be saved. Or she does tend character... to get sick a lot. <laughs> yeah. Or she's the character that occasionally just gets the shit kicked out of her because they want to show how bad a villain is. And often it's Magneto, mm -hmm. frankly. Uh, or she's the narrator. She's the one that tells these complicated retcon stories, uh, but they're inconsistent. So let's start with that. If Wanda is not Magneto, Wanda and Pietro are not Magneto's children, but Bova says they are. What's the What's the way we fix that story? I think that it's worth also noting she's been dead for nine years in the comics, which is yeah. wild to think about. And she or dies the, at the hand. In the handbooks, we, we were never allowed to use the phrase dead. We always had to say seemingly dead. <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing is like she's killed by the high evolutionary because she's a dead end. But he does that all the time. Like he yeah. can just pull Bova off a file and be like, here's Bova again. <laughs> like she she's not more than any character. She's the most easy to bring back. Um, but also like the high evolutionary is, he's like a practitioner of the Kirby sciences. Like he can just give her whatever memories he wants, which means that she, I don't think she's lying when she gives these retcons, she's giving the version that the high evolutionary wants to be canon right now. Right? Like that's how I would fix it is like her brain gets supified every so often and he decides what he wants the status of the twins to be yeah, i think that's the easiest fix is he programs her with what to say and he's the one behind it all it's a it's yeah a 
he's very fond of her. The texts go out of like he can be he's, for example, lured down the mountain when Quicksilver tells him that Bova's dying when Exodus poisons her soup, her milk soup. (laughs) What is fucking milk soup, by the way? It's. I'm she, discovering in real time that I don't want to think about where the milk comes from now. That she, I... <laughs> oh, she milks herself. No. She is a self-sustaining cow woman. She milks no, at least she lives sustainably. Yeah. She sit back down into her four stomachs. <laughs> She's living that trad life up on the mountain. Everything is, yeah. That's a real zero fact. waste. Cows have, cows have four stomachs, if you didn't know. There's oh, no. I did know. That's why they, they can chew. They chew so long, right? Rumination is like... Um, them redigesting things that aren't really digestible yep. for like, most animals. Right? Back up and chew some more. Good old God, Bova. what a hottie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another wild. Oh God, we're going to be all over the place. Bova is often drawn as like an elderly woman in like a shawl. She's like kind of dowdy. And yeah. then there's that weird turn in the 90s where they like try to make her a sexy cow. <laughs> She's like hot. Yeah, I was just reading the Quicksilver issues and she comes out of the shower in a towel. I'm like, what? How yeah. am I to feel right now? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I want isn't it <laughs> isn't it Hera who's cow-eyed? Like a cow's <laughs> eyes are considered beautiful, I guess. I don't know. Cow-eyed uh, Hera? I don't know that fact. I remember Ray-eyed Athena and cow-eyed Hera, I think. Weirdly, I don't know why I know this fact. Pete's Dragon, the old Disney movie. Oh yeah. The 80s, which I watched a thousand times. The dragon has the ears of a cow. I remember that weird. Oh, yeah, I remember when they the the Beauty and the Beast, they talk about like the Disney Beauty and the Beast. It's like he's got to be a monster, but he has to be super hot. And he has like a bison head and like all the <laughs> sketches they did for that. I'm thinking about it. And Zeus is another person, like another one of these gods who is nursed by, I think in his case, it's a goat. Like he feed, he's like, he's hidden on an island and like fed by a goat's milk. Um and she might be one of the constellations. I don't know. I'm I'm way in the weeds. Sorry. I'm just like, oh no, no, you're okay. There's a lot of weird cow mythology. <laughs> yeah. And Kidu kills a cow. They ride a cow. I don't know. I mean, humans uh, are obsessed with milk and steak and hamburger. And some religions hold cows very sacred. And they, I guess they are an enormous part of our culture as we think. About I mean, them. now that I think about it, they're like painted on cave like. There is something, I think this gets at why people have such a primordial fondness for her, right? Like she, there is something about the cow that is weirdly comforting to people because they've been around as long as we've been a society. Like there is a way that her presenting these two twins is sort of like this kind of nature goddess being like, I'm here to fix things, right? Like that, that to me seems to be the kind of elemental thing that's being accessed like at a weird like mythic level whenever we see that panel that always recurs right of this cow woman holding these two bundled babies yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> the grandmother cow woman with yeah. the brown eyes I, I i kid you not anthony at least seven times i've mentioned i'm doing boba with anthony Oliver, and people are like oh i love boba. <laughs> like i'm like why <laughs> i feel exactly the same way there's something She's like this kind of all mother. She's this like, which is an absence that's in all these stories, right? Like Magda is a person who we have not gotten to know very much. She's sort of in a very Shakespearean kind of way, the absent mother um, where there's like this raging father trying to control their his kids. And the mother is like this ghostly non-person. 
Um, she's kind of like uh, Romeo and Juliet. She's kind of like Juliet's nurse, right? Like sure, sure. this sort of like nurturing, confiding figure who again is sort of victimized by the stories in various ways. The, uh, the I would I would argue that the X-Men's biggest unsolved mystery is what happened to Magda. Like bigger than all of the other crazy unresolved plot lines. That yeah. one is the one that bugs me the most. And <laughs> as a writer, I'd be terrified of getting it wrong right because if you get it wrong it becomes like the Gwen Stacy thing right where it's like this story is offensive to me <laughs> as a uh, reader right you I have mean, to really but imagine that landing story done by someone we trust like Karen Gillan or Al Ewing or she's been in stasis on Wondergore Mountain this whole time and she comes back and Magneto's dead and these aren't her kids and what the fuck happened you know like there's a there's a lot of crazy story potential in a weird way yeah, I don't, I, I, gosh, what would you, what would I want to do with her? I don't even know. I'd have to really, because you're, it's, it's almost like there's an element there of like the Nora freeze thing where it's like, yeah. she is the occasion by which this person became a monster. And what does it mean to have her, her casting judgment at you again? Like how disappointed would she be to see how right she was about what a monster well, right. he ended up being and in the 80s or 90s if she were to come back i think that would have been the story she finds magneto or he finds her she ends up dead not at his hand and then he has mm -hmm. to avenge her but i don't think people would settle for that story in the 2020s i think we would want her to live and be successful and have a happy ending yeah it's, it's she is that. kind of um she's also so rooted in a moment in history as the magneto stories often are right like Gabriel Haller is the same kind of problem where it's like, at this point, she's a survivor of World War II, right? Like, yeah. what does it mean for such a character to look at our world? Um, and what would she think of something like Krakoa? It's a much richer story now, as you said, than it would have been in the 90s. Um, but it's, it's a scary one to think about. <laughs> I just recorded uh, the first appearance of Sunfire with Fabian Nicias on the show. And we have a lot of that same conversation about this mm. that's rooted in the Hiroshima, uh, you know, Nagasaki bombs and the, the the rising sun flag. That's a whole different conversation. But it's a, it's but a it's challenge to reinterpret those characters. Absolutely. And it's a thing that I think that Marvel, since its inception, has been interested in, in a way that DC kind of isn't, right? I think that DC very purposely uh, roots itself in kind of an ahistorical moment. Like, it's almost somehow permanently the 1940s in the DC universe. And, like, the cities are all these kind of fictive ideas of cities, right? Like Metropolis and Gotham and Central City and Coast City. Whereas... Marvel has always been about a very specific moment. You can go to Yancey Street. You can go to Westchester. You can, yeah, yeah. and these characters are rooted in their moment too. Um, and I don't know if it's something that we've been shying away from in the last 20 years as it becomes more important, you know, when the big mouse is watching, like how much do you want these characters to exist outside of time yeah, is an interesting question. Well, and the reinterpretation of cultural events and the sliding time scale being such a part of things now. There's a danger in cementing things down. Okay, yeah. coming back to Bova. I'm going to do this <laughs> once, but I want you guys to realize there have been about eight or nine or ten different retellings of the same origin story. <laughs> a couple of them. I mean, she first shows up in Giant Size Avengers number one, Roy Thomas, 1974. 
uh she shows up in oh goodness it's retold at avengers 185 and web of spider-man annual four number three and uncanny origins number two i think is the number it just it goes on and on she shows up uh again and again with this birth story but i want to just read the one that was written by mark grenwald uh so avengers 185 through 187 1979 uh, wanda is missing this is where the big uh kathon i keep i'm gonna say Chip yeah yeah, no, yeah. Kathan uh, <laughs> is trapped in the mountain. Pietro rushes to Mount Wendigore. He's hurt. He wakes up bandaged in Bova's uh, cottage. She has this little cottage on the hill. And uh, she's she's cooking milk soup. And she tells him his whole <laughs> weird fucking origin story. And I'm just going to read this out loud straight from the comic. It says in Bova's words, uh, the tale begins years ago in the laboratory of he who was to be called the high evolutionary. I was one of his first projects, a cow which he evolved to human form and named Bova. I was to care for the children of his new men, for he had more pressing matters to tend to, matters that coincided with the unexplained return of his assistant, Jonathan Drew, who is the father of Spider-Woman. We're not going to get into that crazy, but there's a whole bunch of metaphor <laughs> in Spider-Woman's origins. Matters that kept the two men occupied in the tall towers of Wondegore the night when a visitor arrived asking sanctuary. Her name was Magda, a woman heavy with child. She told of a husband who had gained strange abilities, powers that had sent him raving with a desire to rule the world. Fearful that his madness would corrupt the child, he wasn't even aware she carried. She had fled. And having heard of Wondegore, she sought asylum here and was granted it. I cared for her myself, and over the weeks we became very close, so that when the night, so when the time came to midwife for her, it was more privilege than duty. I helped to deliver twin infants that night, you, Pietro, and your sister Wanda, whose tiny form momentarily mirrored the mysterious lights that filled the sky the night you were born. Magda was pleased with her offspring, and yet it seemed a pleasure tinged with resolve. Thus it came as little shock when days later I found her gone, leaving only a note expressing fear that if she remained alive, her unnamed husband might force knowledge of their children from her. I took the children to my Lord High Evolutionary. He was weary as if from some great conflict, but agreed to help. He thus summoned a visiting couple from the village below, Robert and Madeline Frank, who were themselves expecting a child. It was my Lord's plan to give all three children to the Franks. And so I performed once more as midwife, only this time the results were tragic. The child was horrid, deformed, and thankfully stillborn. The mother survived the rigors of that terrible birth by only moments. Seeing but one possibility for good in this tragedy, I offered Magda's twins to Robert Frank as his own, but the death of his wife was too great a burden and he fled from Wondegore. The sobs of his grief crackling, cracking down the hill, excuse me, cracking the chill of the dark Balkan night. It was then that the high evolutionary took a more direct hand. Knowing of a tribe of gypsies camped nearby, he ordered me to fetch the children. And then like some manifesting God, he placed them in the care of the tribe's shaman, Jango Maximoff and his wife with instructions to raise the kids as their own. The Maximoffs, who had recently lost their own children, Anna and Matteo, complied. And that's the last I saw of you until you came tumbling down the mountain some hours ago. And uh, Quicksilver says, then Jango is the man who raised me. The story fits. Why can't I remember? Bova says, perhaps it's the trauma of loss, my dear, caused by your belief that your foster parents had died because he believes the Maximoffs are dead because there was a fire. Turns out they're alive. Jango's crazy. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. I had felt the same sense of emptiness when Wondegore left for the stars when they went to counter Earth. And I elected to remain behind for dot, 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 personal reasons. <laughs> we, see a, we see a little flashback of Bova on the hill with her suitcases and like a golden rocket's taking off into the space. God bless. <laughs> she has a boyfriend. She's got Fyodor, her boy, her human boyfriend that takes care of her every time she gets sick. 
until <laughs> Exodus makes him explode. Uh. So it just dawned on me as I was reading this, one of the possible retcons here is that Magda did have twins, but that they are not Wanda and Pietro. And the high evolutionary used these twins that he'd gathered from somewhere else and tried to place them or convince Pietro he was Magda's in some scheme. You know what I mean? So Magneto could still have twins out there is what I'm Oh, thinking. weird. Right. Because, yeah, I guess the thing I didn't think about in the retcon is she's pregnant, right? Like she, I mean. Unless they're yeah. lying. <laughs> it's, so, it's so funny because I keep just imagining Bova like playing three card Monty with these babies. Like, <laughs> like sometimes they're the Franks and sometimes they're the Maximovs and sometimes they're the uh what what are we eisenharts i guess um it's it's wild and and even this the stuff you're reading is itself a retcon right like because it's retconning the franks babies which is what they used to be until this point they were wanda and pietro frank because they, that's what the 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 original roy thomas in the nuclo story is the discovery of right that um Nuclo is supposed to be their brother in that first story. They're like radioactive older brother. <laughs> well, and for context, this is 1979. Uh-huh. You don't get the Magneto backstory tied to World War II until 1987. So there's a there's a wide amount of history before, oh, weird. before these other stories were put in place. It's uh it's kind of intense to realize that way. But isn't surely this is when she talks about the raving maniac, like this is meant to be Magneto at this point, is it not? I I don't know what the original intent by Mark Grunwald was. I have talked to Steve Englehart on the show uh, uh -huh. about the choice to make Magneto the parent. And it was a decision made by editorial, but I don't know what Mark was hinting at in this original story. Yeah, he is a husband who had gained strange abilities, powers that had sent him raving with a desire to rule the world. Huh. Oh, so I guess they're leaving it open there without having confirmed it's weird you like you don't think about the intervening years between these two stories wow well wow. and then and then the revolution that he is their parent is in the vision quicksilver or excuse me vision scarlet witch miniseries which is in the mid 80s as well so it does all stack up but <laughs> it's, a, it's an interesting thing uh then I, I mean we're gonna sum up some stuff there's a big battle and the character modred the mystic ends up getting turned into a baby because his mind is wiped do you do you want to spend a minute on <laughs> modred the mystic I, I this is a character i do not like <laughs> it i mean he feels even in his name like he's kind of a placeholder right like he's like they didn't want to do, think too much about this <laughs> like he's just kind of a random mystic dude he talks in that weird broken fake early modern d and thou thing that like Thor sometimes gets in these early issues um he's yeah I don't he's a means to get to the story's actual climax which is when Wanda gets possessed by Cthon which is much more interesting right and is um Cthon has kind of become her big bad throughout he's sort of in some ways a version of the story Jean gets with like the Dark Phoenix um, in that it's like, you know, it's the usual story of a woman who's too powerful and goes crazy, you know, like, um, but is also, he's a much more sinister idea. Again, he's described as being a chaos god, but um, there is something kind of death dealing about him in a way that uh, the Phoenix is not, right? The Phoenix is like the idea of like um, life uncontrolled, and this is kind of death uncontrolled. Yeah, yeah. 
this character and Mordred are closely connected, but I do <laughs> right. not care to take the time to delve it apart. It's all Arthurian and it's another thing. And frankly, it doesn't matter overall much to Bova's story, except that she ends up taking care of this guy and on her little, in her cabin for a while. He's her new Yeah. She he comes back in like Mighty Avengers. Ahead. Yeah, he's all over the place. And in Mighty Avengers, then Kithon uh, possesses Quicksilver. So there's, uh, there's, he's been, he's been inside the whole family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Modred and Modred was there. It's kind of the deal. With this character. <laughs> well, and Mordred is now revealed to be a mutant in Teeny Howard's recent books, and Cy Spurrier's. The actual son of, or well, I mean, the son of King who, Arthur. Right. Yeah. Depending on Mordred is an actual part of the Arthurian myth that gets he who he's related to gets kicked around a few times. But yeah, that's clearly who the inspiration is for this character here. Like. Someone the story uses the name Morgan Le Fay earlier, so it's like and Mordred. Like it's not it doesn't feel hugely thought out to me. <laughs> he's a little sexy and a little dumb and a little dangerous. Like he's got that Joseph. <laughs> he's got jo like Magneto's clone Joseph. He's got the like uh anime Magneto hair, the like <laughs> long silver mane that Raiden has in the movie, like that kind of energy. <laughs> so then we get uh Marvel 2 and 174. Do you want to take this one? This is a this is a fun story. This is the thing that Alicia Masters like knocking on Bova's door. Ooh, I don't super remember this one. You should oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'll cover one. it really quick. So they're like, "Where's the puppet master? Do you know where he is? Because he always goes to Mount Wondergore to like refill his magic. He needs clay. his clay. Yeah, <laughs> I love the puppet master. Actually, he's a, he's a <laughs> classic villain. I really like. And uh, they get directed up to Bova. Bova like keeps her face covered, and at a certain point, she pulls her thing off, and 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 uh, thing goes holy. You're a cow. It's <laughs> <That was> amazing. <laughs> and Modred is there and she makes them some food. And then the puppet master attacks and he changes the thing and uh, like into an attack toy. And there's a right. little that takes place. And uh, Bova keeps calling Modred Modi. Like, come here, Modi. I'll protect <laughs> you. Like, that's really all you need. It's a cute little story that's just set on Wondegore. And uh, then we get Vision and the Scarlet Witch, Volume 1, Number 4, 1984. This is Bill Mantlo writing. And this is where the big Magneto story comes in. And nice. I get the vision of Bova. Like, anytime someone knocks on her door, she's like, let me tell you the story about the night the twins were born. And my <laughs> yeah. Like, she's just ready with this. It was a big night. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some lady, you know, like, my mom will have like the same four stories that she'll tell to strangers. This is Bova. She's obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> and in that way, maybe that explains why it changes every time she tells it, because it's getting more interesting. <laughs> Am I misremembering that she's like a dinner guest at some point in Vision and Scarlet Witch? Or is she not at that? She does get invited thing? to their home. I believe it's in the Vision series later. Is she not at that fantastic dinner party with Magneto? No, she's not. Because people would be commenting on how there's a cow lady there. Well, and also I think Magneto like just beat the shit out of her before that. Right. She yeah. She for yeah. dinner with the Vision family, like during that great Vision series down the line. <laughs> right. right. Okay. So in this series, this is where Magneto finds out that Magda had twins. Bova's just talking about Magda, but doesn't know the connection. And he flips out. Like, right. oh, he calls her cow woman. I'll flay your flesh and nail it steaming to what's ever left of this pathetic hobble unless you tell me her name. And she like he like rips her cabin apart and holy shit, like he's uh so rude. He's unhinged here. What's happening for Magneto in this moment? <laughs> yeah, he's 
And this is is this all before the Claremont one fifty? Is this like has he not quite been settled down? Does he know they're his kids when he attacks um Kitty Pride in that issue? I don't know offhand. I would have I'm just to... trying to remember how silver agey he is still, you know, like how how cuckoo bing bong is magnetic. It depends still. on the writer. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> yeah, not not a great grasp on his uh, this would have been after. Issues. So uh, Uncanny X-Men 150 came out in 1981. This is 1984. Okay, so he's calming down. Okay. Yeah, he's I mean... still not his his temper is still <laughs> I mean, Quicksilver gets it from somewhere, right? Like, <laughs> and he just, yeah, he threatens basically to tear her apart. And uh, she, like, she, he muzzles her with metal and then, like, starts manipulating the metal in her blood. And she finally reveals the names of the twins and he rushes off to confront them. And this is where, I don't know, he becomes like Grandpa Magneto for a while. <laughs> right <laughs> luna comes into the picture and everything's crazy and cute until it blood ties but that's a whole nother story and this is the story like this attack is the one that's referenced in the other story where she has the stroke because of magneto right like mm -hmm. he attacks yeah, her this more is... than once so it's a separate attack or is it yeah. this attack no he attacks her more than once jeez buddy not yeah, great the helpless cow woman on the hill Oh man, she has so it rough, man. She, she deserves medical... like a nice vacation. <laughs> well, you know, that's all she has is her little cottage on the hill. Yeah. We need a story where Kafan possesses both. <laughs> <laughs> no, let the woman rest. Oh. Uh, so she gets medical help in Avengers 245. I assume she has a very good veterinarian. And. <laughs> And, uh, and then we get a whole series of uh, annuals where there's backup stories trying to right. tell the whole history of the evolutionary, high evolutionary and Mount Wondegore and everything. Uh, any comments you have on the evolutionary war summer event that ran? Uh, <laughs> um, I'm this, first of all, has my favorite panel, I think, in Bova's history, which is her like fully as a cow on a like science pedestal being bombarded with rays that turn her into a cow woman like i like the confirmation that she is never she's not a mutated person like she wasn't some old lady that got cowified she is a cow who got personified and, which in, the panel, and in the panel the cow is literally <laughs> saying moo there's a whole yeah. speech bubble and everything <laughs> she moves her way through the whole transformation it's super cute um I'm really fascinated by the high evolutionary as a character. Like he really swings. I can't think of really any character who swings so wildly between like gnashing supervillain and like this weird way. Some writers treat him as quite sympathetic and like morally neutral. Like if you ever did a trial of the high evolutionary, I can't think of a person who has committed more genocides actually in the marvel universe like he's the science guy he doesn't care about what's in front of him unless it's like one of his experiments you're chap i'm gonna burn you down to, yeah. to to regrow a new forest like that's his whole thing and i think the worst i think the worst he's ever been is in that rick remender uncanny avengers run where he's mm -hmm. like he's doing like worldwide purges like every few hours right all of his creations uh, yeah yeah um, I don't bad, think bad, she bad. shows up in that. Does she? Is she in that arc? No, no she's no, nowhere. She's 
<laughs> a notable. Oh yeah, she's already dead by then. That's right. He gets she gets killed. Pretty. She's like the first panel of a run on. Um, is it New Warriors? Yeah, where he kills in, her. Well, we'll get there in just a minute. Let's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, 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 you're okay. So the Evolutionary War is a summer event that's going on. It's part of the X Men franchise. It goes through all the different annuals. There's a whole thing going on. It involves Subterranea, and we get. <laughs> I think we get some mutant moloids in this storyline. Which yeah, is there's uh, there's all this crazy stuff. But we get a bunch of flashback stories. So the the story Anthony was just referencing is Amazing Spider-Man Annual Twenty Two Part Three. And it's Grunwald writing it. It's 1988. This is where we get to see Bova as a cow being evolved into a woman. And it's like very Kirby Crackle. Uh, the mm-hmm. High Evolutionary is like very affectionate with her. He's like, he dresses her in robes and he's like, it feels strange to walk on your hind legs, doesn't it, dear woman? Like, <laughs> and then like, he says, let's get you to your new quarters. And she says, moo, with a question mark. And he says, I think you're going to like your new form, Bova. My 11 previous subjects all do. Oh, we also note that she's a Gersey, a Guernsey. That's right. Breed. Not an Aesir at all. <laughs> <laughs> she thought it made her sound a little more exotic. It's classier, yeah. Uh, I love this little school for animal people that he seems to be running. It's like a, yes. an elementary classroom. He's, he's like giving her a tour and there's animals with headphones like looking at a screen <laughs> that literally says, I'm not joking, C is for cat. <laughs> he's so weird i think he'd be so much fun to write because he is really even though he overlaps with sinister so much he he is so interestingly different like he does really cultivate this bizarre paternalist energy that Mm -hmm. sinister has no interest in like he does think he's a good person, whereas Sinister is obvious. I mean, even his name, like he's very interested in like almost being performatively amoral. I'm more interested in this version of the high evolutionary where it's like he's kind of he he does love her. And that's in his weird way. Um, it's very cute and weird. <laughs> it, it is. It is sweet in its way. I want to see like I want to see you write like uh Arnim Zola, Mr. Sinister, and the High Evolutionary all teaming up. Oh, and, God. It'll just be madness. <laughs> yeah, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we can throw Hank McCoy in the mix. I mean, right. sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, so this this evolutionary like kind of backup continues in X-Men Annual 12 and then Web of Spider-Man 4. And then West Coast Avengers Annual 3. There's a whole bunch of, it's all 1988. There's a whole bunch of retcons. Magda shows up at Mount Wondegore. There's like a war with uh, Chiton's, or Cathan. God, I can't do it right. Cathan's forces. And they retell the story of Magda, like the new men are being slaughtered. And at the end, they take the rocket into space and Bova's left behind. It's a, we don't need to delve into it, but for the completists out there, it's an interesting revisit. Mark Grenwald loves to like pull all the continuity threads and like wrap yeah, them up I've and never, all and put them in place. He loves I've never it. noticed so you pointed out he's Grunwald is really like the shepherd of her. I mean, what's what is it when you're a shepherd for cows? He's like <laughs> Like he is very much in charge of Bova, I guess. He like really takes the ball from Roy Thomas and runs with it. 
Yeah, and and again, he we, you read his whole Captain America run; it's just theme after theme. Let's have an island of all Marvel's obscure superpowered women, and now uh. let's bring all the Wolf guys together, and now let's do like he has this he has a love of like connecting Marvel themes across. So him telling this origin story is uh, is wild. It's it's a lot of fun. I guess that's why Wondergore just has so many overlapping. It's like for a minute there, it's like Wondergore is the Overlook Hotel with every Marvel superhero in it. Like the like Miles Warren is there and like Wolf by Night is there and like Spider Woman's there. Like they all grow up raised by this one cow. <laughs> both both us babies. Like yeah. Yeah. She's that'd so be a, that's a pitch right there. Throw it's all like these little, characters together on a team. Like Muppet babies, but like yeah. both the nanny. <laughs> Uh, you referenced uh, the X Men Unlimited story. We'll, we'll we'll kind of bypass that one, and then Boba jumps into uh, 1994. It's Avengers 380, 382 by Bob Harris, and Quicksilver and Crystal go visit her. She's sick. This is the Fyodor story. Now I know you did a deep like Exodus thing with Connor, and sure, you know this character. <laughs> tell, tell us about Fyodor and what happens here. This. Oh, uh, okay. Oof. I don't. I couldn't figure out. I think Fyodor is new for this story, uh, but he seems to be, I mean, she always calls him her friend, but they, it's clearly like a late in life romance has blossomed between this cow woman and this Balkan peasant. The human keeps visiting yeah. on mountain. <laughs> like, he I kind of want to read... Is. <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if Marvel would be interested in a tw- like a one Bova one shot that's just her falling in love with Fyodor. Um but <laughs> he's like this Balkan peasant who's like feeding her and caring for her. And Quicksilver talks about how she got attacked by Magneto here and had a stroke. So that's why I was like wondering if that's the same attack or what. But um anyway, spoilers, the the re- so Quicksilver goes up the mountain to see he has a beautiful panel where he's crying about Bova that I actually think is one of the best. He looks amazing. I think it's Diodato's art and he's crying about Bova and he says, she's dying and I don't want her to. It's like one of the most weirdly wrenching panels for Pietro I've ever seen. <laughs> um, but he goes up the mountain to solicit uh, the high evolutionary's help for Bova. There's the classic confusion that leads to fight that, is just a misunderstanding. He's like, Bova's sick. And he like goes down the mountain to help her. And he quickly determines that she's not actually sick from Magneto, but that she's been poisoned, which is when we find out that this has all been a plot by Exodus, uh, who is in his real mutant supremacist moment here and who objects to the existence of the high evolutionary and his um, despoilment of a holy site for Exodus, which is Mount Wondegore because it's sacred to the memory of Magneto and Magda. Um, so he's determined to wipe out the high evolutionary and Bova and all of these genetic experiments. And that's the point where good old Balkan peasant Fyodor explodes. And it turns out he's been infected by Rackus, a character I think only occurs here, but sounds really cool, whose mutant power is to rewrite the DNA of people he's inside of. Um, and then they fight. Yeah. <laughs> Bova, I am inside you, he says. <laughs> oh Lord. Uh, <laughs> um, that was, but that was Fyodor, and then he killed her. I did not care for this story much, but I recognize what they were trying to do. Sure. It's this weird it's part of that kind of weird 90s moment in the X-Men where um the villains are really like 
expressing this fear of like minorities are going too far, right? Like Exodus's whole thing is that like he thinks he's better than everybody and the he's doing this weird actually the big um desecration I think of this story is that Magda's last known site which has functioned basically as her grave uh, has a big ass cross on it. And it's like, I don't think she would love that yeah, Exodus. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, it's not a great, not a great story. Although the art is lovely sometimes in that nineties splash pagey way. Yeah. Um, Everybody's huge. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> then I think you are actually correct, by the way, Magneto did only attack Bova the once I was remembering a second time, but it was Quicksilver the second time. So oh God. That. So she must have suffered a stroke after that first attack. Uh, that was rough. He gets, he gives a lot of people strokes in the nineties. He was like, that's, yeah, that's that was a big thing for him was like controlling the metal in your brain and giving seizure. I remember him doing that in X-Men unlimited number two, actually he gives a bunch of people brain damage when he attacks them. He doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> well, and if, I, if anyone was ever planning to eat boba, I have to presume the meat is not as good after the stroke. Right. Yes. This sounds like a very Hannibal-esque direction to take the conversation. The meat is spoiled but... if she's afraid. Yeah. She spends a lot of her time afraid, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is not a character who's ever given a big moment of bravery, really. Well, I guess a little bit in Quicksilver. Okay. Excalibur 113. This is Ben Rob. I just had Ben back uh, to do a Patreon on the Crimson Dawn. It was really fun. We just recorded that a couple days ago. It was nuts. Uh, but Ben Rob is riding, and this is setting up the Quicksilver story, basically. Colossus and Megan rush to Mount Wondagore. Bova kind of helps them. This is where she's skinny, and we start learning about the Knights of Wondagore and Isotope E. <laughs> and Isotope. Right. What's Isotope, Anthony? <laughs> I don't remember. What is Isotope? I read this whole Quicksilver thing, it's, and I'm like... it's. Uh, I mean, basically what you need is it's a thing that can evolve you or give you right. powers. And so everybody wants it because it's super powerful. That's that's basically... Right. It. It's the MacGuffin of the whole Quicksilver comic, right? Like, Exodus is after it, and uh, the High Evolutionary flees with it and leaves... Quicksilver in charge of the Knights of Wondagore, right? What's the stuff they were using during like the uh the relaunch of Contest of Champions? There was like a crystal everybody was after. Oh it was over the, it was all over the Marvel universe. I'll I'll find it in a minute. Uh uh, but it's this it's this substance everybody's trying to get because it'll make them more powerful, basically, is what it right. is. Right. And Bova gets regular appearances through the Quicksilver series, which is started by Tom Pear, taken over <laughs> by other people. It crosses over with the High Evolutionary, excuse me, with the with the Heroes for Hire. There's a big annual. It goes on and on and on. <laughs> I think Isotope E is the thing that Exodus promises Pyro will cure his legacy virus too. Yes, you're correct. Yeah. Exodus, Weird. Exodus in this series wants to wipe out everything on Mount Wondegore. He sees it as a desecration. He wants revenge. He wants to raise it, basically. But he also wants uh, to kill everyone with the legacy powers. And he wants the isotope <laughs> for his own power. And I have read this story too many times. And Me too. <laughs> this this time I spent a lot more time thinking about the Knights of Wondegore. Like there's that poetry-loving tiger who seems to really be vibing with the the alligator guy. Like, 
<laughs> they seem to have a weird romance happening in a way that I, I didn't clock. The bear lady's like a total butch lesbian to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's the dog. The cat woman. Right. <laughs> there's the dolphin twink. <laughs> this dolphin twink scientist who like has the underwater lab. Uh, I do not remember what happens to the gas mask guy, Anon. Oh yeah, um, uh, Lord Anon. Uh, he was actually Manwolf the whole time. That's what oh, happened. that's what the twist is on that, right? Another yeah. Wondagore, right? Yeah. Manwolf gotcha. is Manwolf is the high evolutionary's creation gone wrong. That's like another supervillain that mostly fights uh, Adam Warlock. Right. If you read Adam Warlock comics. The High Evolutionary is truly a weird villain. I can't think of anyone who shows up. <laughs> he can be in literally anybody's story. And it's like, yeah, that guy. Sure. That that weird guy with the handlebar on his head. A yeah. little genocide. <laughs> that's all you need. Yeah. He, yeah. He is there. So Boba is here through this series is as a support role. She's like the mother figure for Quicksilver. She takes care of Luna. He's babysitting Quicksilver. Luna the whole time. Yeah. Living with Quicksilver. She's called anti-Bova, which sounds like a disease to me. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to catch the anti-Bova. Yeah. Uh, there's like a scene where like, or there's like an issue where Black Knight and Quicksilver are fighting over Crystal and like Bova's annoyed. There's a scene where she's cooking for everyone in a kiss the cook apron, which is somehow bizarre. <laughs> uh, and she's still working for the High Evolutionary here. She sees him as her god. And the heroes for hire get involved. And this is like the era where it's like Luke Cage and Jim Hammond and the White Tiger that I referenced earlier and She-Hulk and Ant-Man and Black Knight. There's all these characters. This is during the time when Heroes Reborn was going on. Right, like literally the in the middle of it. Were, God, all the Avengers, all the Fantastic Four, everybody was gone. And they launched a whole bunch of series to try to replace it that just didn't quite get there ever. Wanda uh, like come Wanda and Crystal come back during this Quicksilver run, and there's like a party to welcome them on New Adelan, right? It's like a it's like a major plot point in this comic is like the heroes are back. I guess are you sad? Did you miss them? <laughs> <laughs> Quicksilver's in his role leading a team of animal men because why not? And basically, it wraps up with he goes mad with power because the isotope E. All the characters right. get devolved and then evolved. And Bova's the one that kind of is the voice of reason that helps Quicksilver get back to normal. Because when he's mad with power, this is what this is what I was getting confused with earlier. She's right. Like, Remind me of your father when he attacked me. And uh, the end. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's anyone on earth that this is their favorite comic. But <laughs> There are, I, I've interviewed Tom Perry. He's a great guy. There are so many X-Men characters in this. So when we do these character focused episodes, we just have to keep fucking coming back. I've read it so many times now. Like <laughs> I've read it for the Pyro issue uh, episode I did of Cerebra. I read it for the Exodus. <laughs> this is now weirdly my most read comic. <laughs> I, I read it for I did it I did a Patreon on Scanner and I read it for the Quicksilver trial and I've read it for Bova and like it just there's yeah. so many Feral is there Random is there like Neophyte shows up at one point good oh, old Neophyte who I he's the cutest little twink <laughs> he's a, he, he I think does he when does he end up getting killed? What happened to Neophyte now that I think uh, about no, it? No, he was back later. I'll look him up. But no, he I did... know he survives this, but I don't remember what became of Neophyte. Simon Hall is his real name. Neophyte, I'm going into my database here real quickly. Neophyte was seen during Messiah Complex 
And, oh, wow. Good for him. And second coming. Uh, he did keep his powers after M-Day. What even were his powers? I don't even remember what he could do. <laughs> so Kitty, Kitty Pride can phase through things and disrupt electronics. Uh-huh. Right? Loa can phase through things and like cause their molecular structure to disintegrate. Neophyte can phase through things. And when he starts the phase, he immediately like teleports to the other end of where the phase would be. So he can like cover vast distances. Oh, right. That's why he's like literally everywhere. He's like in every location in Europe for like all of the 90s. Yeah, they call it like phase morphing or something. Right. That's why I was getting him confused with Scanner because they kind of, they keep teleporting around uh asteroid or avalon at this point and like there's his trial and then he's at the monastery yeah 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 okay i like neophyte a lot i I like like him too i like scanner a lot too justin kosmachek and i don't like went deep on scanner and i love her now like she's she's great yeah a lot of the a lot of the acolytes are favorites of my i mean i this is the moment i was reading comics so like they're really burned in my brain in a way that is kind of disproportionate. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, a new Sione, everyone's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I do love her too. And I love God, I've got a Eunice story I'm gonna write one day. We'll we'll get there. Uh okay. <laughs> do you want to cover Mighty Avengers 2123? This is the uh, like 2009 series. Right. This is um on attacking again. Modred is back. Right. We're in kind of a the story is interested in being in a kind of Avengers dis- post Avengers disassembled moment, right? It's thinking about the lack of Avengers on Earth. Norman Osborn is running Hammer and being the Iron Patriot at this moment. And so the book is thinking about like assembling a kind of fugitive also ran kind of cast of characters of Avengers. Um, and the impetus for the story is that everything's going wrong. Like there's these kind of chaos waves sweeping over the earth that are sent. The eye of the storm is Wondagore mountain. Uh, and it turns out our old friend, Modred, the mystic much more naked than he usually is. Yeah, has been good. All, like... <laughs> he has been lifting. I mean, that mountain air, he's chopping wood, I'm sure. Uh, but we kind of joined them, him and poor Bova, poor benighted Bova, is helping him summon Kathon. He's like he's got, covered... her, he's got her like strapped in chains and yeah, he's holding. Like, I love book. you, Mildred. Please, I'm your mother. And he's like, shut up, cow thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as usual, she's been kind of reset back to normal. Like I don't feel like she really. Um, but anyway, he's summoning Kathon. It turns out he has lured. The twist is that it's not into Wanda, but into Pietro. Uh, so he possesses, he gets Kathon installed in Pietro. And meanwhile, Lo- Loki is pretending to be the Scarlet Witch during this time, if I'm remembering. Yes. Anyway, yeah, yeah, go ahead. This is that This is that 10 years where Wanda was like MIA. And like, yeah, does yeah. she live? She fucking Hawkeye on the slopes of Wondagore? Nope, that's a she robot. Very Dr. Doom and like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's missing, and the the ghost of Scarlet Witch that keeps appearing in this story turns out to be Lady Loki. Um, but uh, yeah, so Quicksilver is possessed by Kathon, and uh, Quicksilver in turn is now inside the pages of the Darkhold. So we keep cutting to these cute little cutaways of um, 
Quicksilver like sending her like mash notes through the text where she's like reading his dialogue as it populates on the page. Like, do Americans? Yeah, Americans remember Ghost Rider, right? The yes, the, I yeah. love that. I mean, we, <laughs> you and I are of a similar. I think I'm older than you, but we're of a mm. similar age, and I remember watching this through the '90s. Yeah. Um, not he was a fun writer, little ghost. The demon guy. It's like no ghost, ghost writer. Yeah, <laughs> a, the ghost who wrote. Yeah, he he worked like um like Danny the Street does on Doom Patrol. Like he could write on. He could use letters to write things. Anyway, that's what Quicksilver's doing. And Bova becomes like Pietro says to do this, and then they this ragtag group of asshole Avengers <laughs> defeat Cathan, um and. And she goes back to her life with Modred, I think, right? Does Modred yes, survive yeah. this? She she just uh oh and her, her <laughs> I saw you post about this on Twitter today. There's a moment where she realizes her iPod has been wiped and all of oh. her her Daughtry <laughs> album has been erased. She's so sad. The fact that they included the fact that she loves Daughtry is amazing. Yeah. I think that's um Cassie, but yeah. <laughs> Is it Cassie that says it? Yeah, it's that Cassie is at this point dating Jonas Vision. Yes. And yeah. Jonas, because he is like way fancier than Vision, he can hold up to like 20 MP3s. And so he's full of... <laughs> so he's got uh Taylor Swift and Daughtry and someone else whose name has been washed out of history, I think, at this point. Uh and he has to make room. That's right. He has to make room in his memory banks to store Quicksilver before they can transfer him into a new body. Oh, that's right. It was, I don't know why in my brain, yeah. Bova's iPod, but it's still cute. I like the idea of Bova listening to Taylor Swift. That sounds like fun. <laughs> Bova, Bova listens to like, my dad, I, my dad is not a big part of my life, but he's obsessed with like old Germany, weirdly. Oh, Whenever we go to his house, which is like once a decade, and he's in a nursing home now. But anyway, he will like listen to like old German polka music, like the kind of shit people would like wear later hosen to. Oh, you feel like you feel like Bo uh, Bova has kind of a nationalist mm -hmm. streak in her. <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like my dad could be the Fyodor to her Bova. Like ah. he would just sit and listen to like accordion music and like. <laughs> I see. I think of her as watching like Coronation Street. Like, I mean, <laughs> she's obsessed with The Bachelor, like the killer yeah. of George. Like, she's... I like that idea. Yeah, she like she loves The Voice. She watches The Voice. I feel like for sure, she has all of um. Oh, what's that woman? The the woman where it's like she can sing beautifully, but she's ugly. Who was that? What was oh, her name? Goodness, I don't remember. But she for sure watches America's Got Talent as well. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Trantia, of course. Yeah, she's yeah she's she watches like the nanny, but it's like the Russian remake of the nanny that ran for like fifteen years. Do you know about this? I'm obsessed. This is all <laughs> she does. She just watches yeah. DVDs. Whatever she's not telling about that night, Magda came to visit. She's just yeah. watching old. Uh, okay, then we get New Warriors, Volume 5, Number 1. Fabian Nicieza's New Warriors is brilliant, and then they just keep trying to do it again, and it never sticks. Mm. It's always something new. In this series, we have a team of random characters, some of whom are brand new, all of whom are from different evolutions of some kind. There's an Atlantean, and there's an Inhuman, and there's a clone, and there's like... Around and round, and they have created these characters called the evolutionaries, 
who are hunting people down. These guys end up fighting the X-Men a couple of times, weirdly. Right. <laughs> High Evolutionary is hunting down the new men and killing them. Uh, they were never meant to be. He is attacking Bova, and it's actually quite violent. He it's like, a horrible opening. Yeah, he like it's... drags her body, like blood trailing, and like simply says, like you were never meant to be, and judgment comes even for the innocent. And then they fight the High Evolutionary after this. Of course, it's not a series that lasted very long, but this is kind of how the it's like number one. This is like where the series is kind of working. It's the first page is Mo- yeah. Bova's horrific death. Yeah, uh, this is what year are we talking? Twenty oh yeah, 2014. Christopher Yost like. That kind of tells you really everything, right? We're at the the height of. Uh, I mean, I like a lot of Christopher Yost's stories, but like this kind of like ultra violent, um, edgy mid two thousands, right before like the Disney acquisition, right? Like this is as uh, extreme as these books ever got, and killing the cow mom feels like the most Christopher Yost kind of gesture I can imagine. Dust her off and then have a nice steak dinner. I keep trying to crack cow puns. I thought you and I would be cow punning back. I thought so too. I thought about a few of them. Um, I was going to say, I was going to say there's there, where's the beef in like her story arc. Like she doesn't really, there were a lot of beef ones. This is a good way to do it. Bova has been cast on the real housewives of transia. Oh God. What's her opening line? No, I I need time to prepare. I can't just <laughs> you can't just bring this to me uh, out of the blue. I uh, want to make a cow pun, but I think it would be something like I'm way more evolved than these other girls. Like it, it would have to be an evolution. Pun. Oh, that's oh. I see. Yeah, yeah, that's a good direct. Yeah, there's a few different directions you can go in, right? Like beef gives you stuff. Um, stew. Like there's a lot of ways to go um ruminating gives you some space yeah no there's there's a lot of avenues i can imagine here uh, but these are gestures these are notes towards a pun these are not themselves the pun <laughs> yes yes if any come to you before the end uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh her final appearance is a flashback and this is the one you referenced earlier it's in the vision series god this is a good series it's the 12 issue series simply called vision this is where viv vision comes into the picture It's so one of my favorite things Marvel has put out in the last decade. Easy. I love it. Love it. I've read it several times because I want to, not because I'm researching. And it owns all of the complications of the Vision's life. And there's a flashback to a family dinner when Vision and the Scarlet Witch had just gotten married. And they have Agatha Harkness over and the Wizard and Quicksilver and Wonder Oh, Man. this is why I'm remembering. Oh, uh, and they're all just around yeah, the yeah, table, yeah. just enjoying each other's company. And it's just short, but it's lovely. She's part of the family. It's really cute. Uh, sorry, I've been entirely dwelling on um, Real Housewives things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it has to be does a body good has to be her line. Like. <laughs> Like, but now I'm imagining her as like an incredibly horny cougar. <laughs> this isn't her skinny towel wearing. Yeah, hands. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this Tom King run on Vision is just, it really gives you these deep dive kind of biopsies of these character histories. Um, it does a lot with the the Wondagore stuff, actually. Like it, it like the, the Everbloom yeah, has yeah. become like almost a kind of new plot point in, I don't even know if he... I don't know if he created the Everbloom or if it's always been, if he pulled it from no, some. he created it. Oh, okay. Okay, that, yeah, that makes sense. Um, 
yeah like that's now a thing that comes up every so often um it does a lot more with the agatha harkness stuff um than the bova stuff but it's yeah, always nice yeah. to see Calmon. uh i mean is it but yes also it is uh, the the one I want to close with is her most random appearance, but I found this so fucking funny. Marvel Year in Review was an old periodical where they would print like in-universe jokes and puns and it'd be like, here's what J. J. Jonah Jameson's writing about this character and here's this crazy story about Wonder Man. There's a note just in one like little box or blurb where it mentions that Bova went out on a date with the Matador, the Daredevil villain, okay. to part with no name in Springdale which is where Speedball is from. And they uh -huh. shared a table with the Man Bull and the Minotaur and El Toro Rojo. But the jester goaded the Matador into a fight. <laughs> and that's literally all it says. But I'm kind of wondering where Bison and Taurus were. And there's probably some more that could be. Oh, there. this didn't turn into, this didn't turn into, I thought it was going to be the world's most elaborate punchline. And there's no punchline. <laughs> oh, no. It's just they pulled all their cow characters together and then you got to presume uh -huh. there was an orgy later. <laughs> I feel like the big missing cow to me there is like those scrolls who are the cows, right? Yes. Like, oh. um, who turn that out to be like the masterminds of scroll invasion and stuff. I right? get They're... one more Marvel story about somebody eating one of those fucking scroll cows and getting scroll powers. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those are the ones I think of. Um, are there any other cow characters? Oh, there's probably a few, but I don't know that I need to remember them. Are there any mutant cows? I'm not sure I remember any mutant cow people. Uh, I don't know of any mutant cow people. I guess they wouldn't be, They're not, it doesn't lend itself to combat, you know? like. <laughs> I mean, there's a few, uh, Man Bull and like, El Toro sure. Rojo and like, but these are guys that'll like charge you with their horns. If yeah, not a lot of lady cows. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hmm. Oh my, what are your thoughts on Bova as we kind of sum her up? I'm still a little baffled why people are so reverential toward her, but I think it has everything to do with their love of the Scarlet Witch and her origin. That's yeah, I, I do think, I mean, it's funny that this character has become someone we can have a conversation about because... She really enters her first appearance is meant to be a visual gag, right? Like that Roy Thomas story is about the wizard being scared about his son, his children being deformed. And this shadowy figure approaches him and he's like, are they, does he look normal? And she says, I'm not the one to judge. And we see her cow face, right? Like that's why she's a cow lady. Like <laughs> That's the whole reason. And yet I do think it hits at something really primordial about the human experience of like cows get at they're such gentle creatures like we understand that at such a i mean PETA knows this right that's why they they will always pull on that heartstring of like how could you hurt something that's this smart and like loves its children and like all this stuff um and i think that her proximity to one of these great messianic nativity scenes in the marvel universe uh means that there's always going to be a weird reverence for her i think i'm very fond of her i would love to write her i think it i think it would be nice to do a story that's just like bova's day out where she just like goes shopping or something <laughs> let her think, live <laughs> i do think there is some tremendous potential for her as 
a mother figure for particular characters if she's actually given a voice and a personality and some character. I also think there's like little funny tales you could do. Like the the Bova love story you referenced as like something on Marvel Unlimited would be adorable. I would, I would yeah. really laugh really hard. Yeah, but I mean, they're doing all these love her, stories. <laughs> but ultimately it's her connection to the, um, to the High Evolutionary that I find most fascinating. She was on the, on the X-Men animated series though in one episode. Uh, and there's also, if you watch WandaVision, there's a there's a, a, a an Easter egg where they're in the grocery store one day and there's a brand of milk in the grocery store called Bova Milk on the oh wow so those little <laughs> those little cuts are always fun uh, but I'm more fond of this character than I expected to be I kind of expected to leave this conversation super annoyed with her <laughs> but I'm more fond of her than I think I think I uh, I kind of like her thanks for making me like her oh thank you for having me they I, I, as I said like one of the issues I've spent my whole life reading and rereading is X-Men Unlimited number two mm -hmm. and when she pops up I knew she's kind of undigestible I mean like cud I guess uh, in that she she <laughs> she's hard to incorporate in an adaptation as as you just said right like it's hard for her to be in the WandaVision show except as an easter egg uh, even when Brian Michael Bendis sort of simplified Spider-Woman's story she's like not a cow lady except sometimes um and it's precisely that bit of extraness that makes her such a classic comic book character to me. She exceeds, she's just faintly ridiculous and yet so lovable. So thank you for letting me talk with her about, talk about her with you. Thank you for being interested enough to research. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a complete subject change for a moment, but have you been watching The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? Is this a French? No, it's not a, it's not a, I only know how to make housewives puns. I don't know how, I don't watch it, unfortunately. I hate it. It's the worst trash TV ever, but it's local. <laughs> so I've never seen another Housewives oh. franchise. And Salt Lake City, where I live, is such a weird place already. And like seeing these like rich, spoiled women from this community, like being empathized uh -huh. is fascinating. It's been a crazy ride. <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a therapist here in Salt Lake. And you'd be surprised how often The Real Housewives comes up in therapy sessions. <laughs> I want to see Bova on The Real Housewives. I want to see that narrative for her. I want to see her like getting out there and and trying to meet a nice guy like Fyodor again and talking endlessly about these kids she raised. <laughs> that would be funny to see her raised in like a younger cow body. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I mean, it happened to Destiny. Everyone's getting hot new bodies these days on Krakoa. Do you know what you know? What the most disturbing story with her is, is the High Evolutionary has resurrected her, but now she's become his mate. Like something like that would be- Oh yeah, no, I don't, I don't like, I would prefer I want I want to see her just like single and ready to mingle, like getting a make. I want to see like uh, Miss Pettigrew lives for a day, but with Bova. That's what I want. <laughs> oh, my friend, Anthony Oliveira, I have such tremendous respect uh, for you. I'm so grateful for your friendship. Uh, and thank you. Thank you for your oh, back at you. Oh, that's really touching. Uh, uh, well, we are wrapping up. Uh, this is going to come out in mid-February. Where could people find you online? And is there anything you'd like to plug? Oh, uh, online, in most places, you can find me at Mia Koopa, M-E-A-K-O-O-P-A. -O -O if you're listening to this on Patreon, click on over to patreon.com slash Mia Koopa, and you can hear me talking about uh, queer Christian literature on The Devil's Party, my podcast over there. Um, I did Sometimes. not know about this. I for oh, sure yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. 
<laughs> yeah, I uh, I use it to research my books, which uh, one of which comes out, I think, in 2023. It's called Day Spring. It is a queer retelling of the Gospels uh, from the point of view of the beloved disciple. Um, so check out that soon. And hopefully more Marvel stuff soon. I don't know. Yeah, I hope so too, my friend. I love your stories. You have really laid the groundwork for yourself. You should have, in my opinion, very regular work. Uh, but everything you've written for Marvel has been so, so well done. Uh, I'm oh, really, well, thank I'm really, you. I really, I'm not, and I'm not blown. Smug up your ass. I think, I, I think you're genuinely <laughs> incredible writer. That makes me feel really, really good. I, I love these characters. These characters, including Bova's, saved me at a time in my life when I needed saving. So... Any Marvel work always feels like I'm just literally just paying paying it back and paying it forward. Yeah, I uh, my first comic book I ever picked up was by Fabian Nicieza, and it was during the shittiest time in my life. And I I got to like Fabian, oh my god, when I talked to him <laughs> yesterday, he's like, okay, I'm not that old, leave me alone. <laughs> he's, he's so <laughs> yeah, fun. but same, yeah, the Executioner's Song and like those '90s X Men comics, I will always have a tremendous fondness for them. Yeah, they were my friends. They saved me too. <laughs> uh, you can find uh, Gray Malkin Lane, Gray Malkin PP like podcast on Instagram, Gray Malkin underscore Lane. Excuse me, Gray Malkin P like podcast on Twitter, Gray Malkin underscore Lane on Instagram. I keep my own social media private, although you and I are friends on my private account, <laughs> uh, Mr. Anthony. Uh, the next Patreon episode on this show after this is going to feature the very obscure, non X related mutant Light Bright from the Silver Sable series. Featuring returning guest uh, Gregory Wright and my friend uh, Rohan Shuli will be with us. Do you know Light Bright? Uh, no, I she's don't a, know Light she's Bright. She's a Somalian dazzler who is like a super, oh. but also a mercenary. What? I love this. Her. Is what is Iceman's sister's name on the Super Friends? It's like Light something. Oh God, I don't remember. Yeah, he has a sister in one issue, in one episode, and she has the light-based powers. This, uh, I hope it's not light bright because this is an African goddess. No, no, no. And then the next episode of my show coming out right after this is going to feature uh, the podcast artist Seth Martell, whose book Mare is coming out. Uh, we're going to be analyzing X, or excuse me, Excalibur minus one. Uh, Anthony's coming back on the show for the big conclusion to volume one, which we have some crazy cool surprises for. And then... Uh, we are launching into new things. Uh, Anthony, thank you, thank you, thank you. Tell your uh, tell your handsome boyfriend hello. It's I will. <laughs> uh, thank you for having me. Always such a joy. I don't know any other time in my life I would have talked about Boba for 90 minutes. So thank you <laughs> for this unique experience. <laughs> my life is fully wild. I'm going on a trip tomorrow morning and my family's like, spend time with us. I'm like, I will, but I have to go talk about a cow lady first and then I'll come <laughs> hang out with you. <laughs> All right, my friend. Thank you, everybody. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you back here next time on Great Malkin Lane's Patreon.